0: Welcome to Inside the OC, a podcast about the world's largest participatory sporting event, the United States Bowling Congress Open Championships. Join Matt Cannizzaro and Daniel Farish as they talk to some of the greatest names in the history of the tournament. The Eagles are ready. Let's take flight. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Inside the OC. My name is Matt Canazro. joined today by my co-host, Daniel Farish, coming to us from Kentucky. Daniel, how are things today?
1: Uh, things have been bumpy today, but they're, they're good now. Everything is fine.
0: All right, we've got two special guests with us on today's episode. First, we have Open Championships Tournament Director Dwayne Hagan, and we're also joined by Women's Championships Tournament Director James O'Connor. We'll hear from both of those gentlemen about the state of each event and what to expect in the coming months, as well as 2021, we'll, uh, we'll catch you up on all the details first. Dwayne, welcome to the show. How are you doing, and where are you today?
2: Doing great, Matt. I'm uh, hanging out here in Reno. Um, beautiful sunny day. Looking at the mountains. Joining you.
0: All right. Well, we've got some, some, great, uh, some great news and info coming up here. And uh, James, you had made the trip to Las Vegas to get ready for the women's championships. Uh, how did that turn out? Where'd you end up? And, uh, and kind of what have you been up to now that we're, uh, we're working from home a little bit?
3: Yeah, I uh, started out in Las Vegas uh, a couple months back. And once we made the decision to postpone the event or reschedule for the fall months, I uh, packed up and headed back to my home here in Grapevine, Texas. So that's where I am today.
0: All right. Well, uh, we'll get the update on each tournament. We'll start with Dwayne. And Dwayne, you've been at this for more than a decade now you started your first event was 2009 you joined us late in 2008 so you've had a chance to enjoy the experience of the open championship start to finish many times but this is something that we've never experienced or could have imagined uh, and you've had a lot of decisions to make a lot of meetings and phone calls and uh, just talk about the process and where we got to and what the bowlers have to look forward to in the coming months
2: yeah. So as you said, Matt, things have been, uh, certainly unique. Um, but I think it's, uh, it's afforded us some, some really interesting opportunities to, to, uh, talk to the bowlers a lot more face to face, even on the phone, uh, with the rescheduling and just kind of getting a feel as to what's going on in their neck of the woods and, uh, and how, how they feel about the event. It's, it's really been, been very enlightening. Um, and, uh, and the, the amount of support and understanding shown by the bowlers uh, as far as uh, trying to help us, you know, get this event off the ground and crown some champions and, and, and do the best we can has is, is been very heartwarming.
0: Now, of course, we know the Open Championships has a very rich history going back to 1901. The last thing we want to have to do is to cancel the event. So we've done everything possible to make sure, as you said – There is a tournament in 2020, and we crowned some champions. Right now, the start date is going to be September 12th, with a tentative end date of November 22nd. Of course, something we've never experienced, going outside of the month of August. Uh, So it's going to be new for all of us. We'll get to see Reno in a new light. Um, And now that we have those set dates, what's the process been like so far in making the necessary moves and changes and, and just getting things ready on your end? Yeah, so
2: we obviously had to, you know, extend the tournament within the registration platform. And we've been working a lot with our uh, captain's club members originally, uh, which are larger groups, getting them set. Uh, public registration will be opening up here in just a few days. Um, there's still plenty of great spots open. Um, we redid the schedule, so there really aren't any bad spots now. We've shortened the day up. All the squads are great squad times. So everybody should have a really good pick of uh of, of what they want to, where, when, what and when they want to bowl. Um, and uh, we'll look forward to helping them as they they, they enter the, the registration process as well. Um, obviously, if the demand
0: warrants, we'll, we'll extend the tournament even a little longer. Now, James, the Women's Championships just celebrated its, its 100th edition uh, last year in Wichita. So, a lot of great tradition there as well. The WC mirrors the Open Championships as far as really format and uh, just uh, the general traditions of the event. Uh, But we got very lucky here in 2020 that the Open Championships is being held at the National Bowling Stadium in Reno, Nevada, and the Women's Championships heading to the South Point Bowling Plaza in Las Vegas, both permanent facilities that have allowed for us to move the dates of the event. The Women's Championships now scheduled to start September 19th. Uh, Just talk about how fortunate we are and, uh, and how lucky we are to have such great hosts and flexibility like we do.
3: Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I, I don't think that it, it, even in in the face of all of what we've gone through in the last few months uh, that you could have asked for it to land in two better spots. I mean, two groups of people who just are, are – there's no no in their vocabulary. I mean, just anytime you want to run the event, do what you need to do, uh, and they're just so supportive of us in, in every way, shape, and form. So we were very fortunate uh, to be at the stadium and at the bowling plaza. couldn't couldn't have asked for it to end up better. Great.
0: Now, Daniel, we were days away from the start of the Open Championships. You were getting ready to, to return from what would have been uh, some collegiate sectionals. You were going to get on a plane and head straight out to Nevada and join us out there. Uh, of course, that pushed back before you were able to make the trip. Uh, but now that it's set, we're gonna head to Reno. We're gonna start the event. Your first opening day. Uh, talk about your feelings and uh, and just following some of this news and the different things that we've been uh, working on and, and dealing with.
1: Well, certainly, I was uh, I was disappointed when we pushed back, but I at the at the time I understood. And now, as we've seen this this pandemic grow, not just um, you know overseas, but as it's, it's hit the states and it's has grown worldwide, uh, I completely understand it being pushed back. And I'm glad that we are trying to, I don't want to say save the event. Cause it's not like it would end it forever, but at least save it for this year, because I had a lot of fun working in Las Vegas last year. I was really looking forward to, and I'm still looking forward to getting to the stadium, uh, seeing the renovations and enjoying parts of Reno that I've never enjoyed before. As I've, as I've said before, I was one of those bowlers who would not so much on social media, cause it wasn't as big back in 2010 and 2011 when I went to Reno as it is now, But I would talk amongst friends um, how boring Reno was and how there was nothing to do. But I was also that bowler that walked from the hotel to the stadium, bowled, turned around, walked back to the hotel. I never actually explored the city uh, because I was too lazy. So I was looking forward to spending an extended period of time in the city and seeing what all it has to offer. And now that it's, gosh, just under five months away, I feel like I'm back in November. Looking at a five-month stretch until it starts, uh, when we are expected to start in March, but um, a lot of um, anxiousness just because I'm excited to get there. I'm excited to experience Opening Day for the first time. I've never seen that because uh, I joined late last year, and all that comes with the opening ceremonies and um, getting to experience the entire event, start to finish, not just you know partially in you know 25% of the way into it to finish.
0: Well, definitely some amazing traditions, uh, starting with the Opening Day. Uh, but Dwayne, before we get into some of the the date changes and some of the the parameters for the captains, um, we're going to see a little bit different event, I think, in twenty twenty. Uh, are you able to tell us about any of the changes on the horizon? Uh, again, how things might look different and feel different, uh, even though we're at the same great tournament.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, you know, a lot of that's going to depend on what transpires uh, in our nation over the next few months. Uh, what kind of uh, restrictions we may or may not have, or what kind of common sense moves we may or may not make. Uh, Obviously, uh, the ultimate goal is to hold an event and hold one that's uh, in a safe and fashion for all participants and competitors. Um, So, you know, we've got some early plans in place, some early structural plans in place to help us along with that. Um, We'll just be putting uh, one team on a pair this year and spreading folks out quite a bit. Um, we'd already reduced from six on a pair to four on a pair for doubles and singles. So that's pretty good already in and of itself. Um, uh, We'll even be doing some, uh, some things with uh, a lot of sanitization stations, giving ourselves some more time between squads to sanitize. Um, Certainly looking at the way we conduct the squad room, march out, things like that, which was still kind of in discussion stages at this point. And again, a lot of that will just depend on, what we can and can't do when, when, when the time comes.
0: All right. Now, James, similar question for you, uh, at South point being a, an entire property, uh, most, a, a complex, even, uh, the bowling plaza, just, just a small part of that. Um, you know, the, the plan I'm sure is going to be very similar for the ladies. The, the demographic might be a little bit different, maybe even a little bit older on the women's championship side. But, um, what have you talked about with, with your staff and, and your, uh, your supervisors as far as what the plans are?
3: Well, as you said, uh, Matt, it is going to be very similar. In fact, our whole groups, the Open Championships, Women's Championships, and all of our tournament events have worked together on creative ways. How can we creatively uh, look at different ways to, the, to deliver all the products and services that our bowlers want and, and really enjoy, and how can we do that? How can we make sure they get an experience that is... Equal to or better than they've had at any other event. And that's what we're always striving for is to, is to give them a great experience. Um, and South Point has worked with us hand in hand on that. They, they are, you know, they're right at the front. What do we need to do? How are we going to do that? So I think with the casino, and like you said, there's just so many amenities at the South Point Uh, So many areas for them to be in They're They're really ahead of that when it comes to what we need to do to make sure that everybody is safe and still enjoys all the products that we have.
0: All right. All good information. Now, Dwayne, we, now that we have the dates and we know that the process um, registration will open to the public on Monday, right? That's uh, the 27th is, is the start date Uh, so far the captain's club captains with five or more teams have had the opportunity to shuffle things around a little bit, Uh, but the general public will be able to get in and and start making things happen. Um, Talk about the the registration process. And and really it's not any different than what they've experienced previously. Uh, It's just, they're going to be ideally moving their teams from their current dates to the new September, November dates. Um, But explain a little bit of the process and what they can expect on Monday.
2: Yeah, so um, they already have their teams in there. We didn't like start a new tournament. We just extended it, so all their teams, all their team numbers, their reservation numbers are all the same. So they can just go into their profile, manage their team the way that they would with any other any other uh, move or any other change that they'd like to make. Um, and uh, and as you mentioned, Matt, we, we strongly suggest that they try to do that themselves. Um, first of all, they'll get faster and better pick of the litter, so to speak. Um, You know we're certainly able and willing to help, but uh, you know if you send us an email and say, "Would you do this for me?" It it, it could end up on the corner at someone's desk for a few moments, and uh, you're probably better off to try to go in there and do it yourself. Um, Certainly, if you don't want to move all your teams, like let's just say you have you know three teams and two can go and one can't, you know that's fine. We'll work with you on that other team. You have the option to roll that to 2021 refund everything's on the table. I mean, right now we want to say, yes, come and bowl, you know, at, at, at all costs.
0: Okay. So the captains can log in just as they had before, wherever they would have managed their teams and rosters previously, they can go in and change their dates. Uh, recommended number one option, of course, as you said, uh, it's all real time. So you're selecting from the dates and times that are available. So waiting a few days even or hours to get an email back or a phone call potentially could mean, Uh, not getting the times that you had preferred. So uh, first case, go in. You can take care of it yourselves. Pretty simple. Uh, But if you do have special circumstances or questions, of course, the staff is available at at both tournaments uh, by email or phone to assist with that. And, of course, some of those special circumstances might include uh, potentially uh, you've already moved your 2020 money to 21 and uh, you want to sign up for 2020. Uh, or you won't be able to make it in 2020, would like to roll over to to 21 or even cancel. Uh, James, talk a little bit about the process and and what some of the the workarounds and expectations are there because it it can get complicated, especially, again, for those teams that might have already moved to 21 and then realized, well, these dates are great. I can make it all of a sudden. Uh, So there's some different scenarios that you guys are dealing with on a day-to-day basis and have actually gotten pretty good at handling quickly.
3: Yeah, there's it was very interesting. I'm glad you touched on that. Uh, we do have a lot of folks calling up saying, hey, uh, the, the first time around, that wasn't good for me, but now I can move back. I, those dates are good. And yeah, the process on that uh, is that, that they would need to either send us an email or call us. Um, we're gave, We've got a lot of support by the IBC staff. A lot of folks are helping us out so that we can get this process rolling and get everybody through and moved. Um, But, yeah, just give us a call. Give us an email. We can roll those funds backward, forward. Pretty much do whatever can fit your situation because we want to make sure that everybody gets a chance to come out this fall and bowl.
0: All right. Again, registration will open up for both events to the public on April 27th. That's Monday. And some teams are already in the process with uh, five or more teams, the Captain's Club. So uh, if there's ever motivation to join the Captain's Club for future years, this is it. A lot of great benefits there. You can see about all about that on bull.com. Uh, but if you do have any general questions for the staff, the USBC women's championships at bull.com or USBC open championships at bull.com are the email addresses and the phone number 888-910-2695. And all the staff able to help with either event. Uh, it's pretty phenomenal. The the amount of traffic so far, uh, hearing some of those phone calls, we do appreciate James and Dwayne, all of you guys and the staff members and everybody involved really in making this process so easy. But uh, now we're going to transition a little bit to some of the harder-hitting questions. There's definitely some things uh, the bowlers have been talking about out there in the, the world and social media uh, and some questions perhaps that we can answer now that uh, also are available in our FAQ section on bull.com. So all the details, all the info is out there in some some shape or form uh, on bowl.com and, and all the COVID-19 updates and uh, all the things, uh, and of course all of these great podcasts as well. Uh, but let's start with you, James, uh, the women's championships is only going to run at this point for one month. September 19th is the start date, uh, and it'll go until October 19th. Of course, uh, there's potential reasons, um, you know, based on the venue and, uh, what's available, but, uh, what was some of the, the thought process in, in selecting that as the, the starting timeframe?
3: Well, there's a lot of data that went into that. A lot of, a lot of uh, consideration worked with our, the executive team and a lot of discussion, a lot of uh, looking at customer patterns. You know, when we did the first postponement, um, you know, there were, there were certain rates of cancels, refunds, uh, rollovers. And so we looked at all that data. We looked at uh, survey results. A survey did go out to the team captains asking them, you know, hey, if we did this in the fall, what, what, what was your response? A uh, very positive response from that. So we kind of took all of that together and brought it, brought it together and then said, hey, of that, it looks like this will work for us, uh, work for the group and work for those who have said they have a desire to pull the event uh, and built the capacity around that. Uh, with that said, though, we still, um, have the ability to expand on the back end of the event and, uh, you know, we're, we're not looking to turn anybody away. If somebody wants to go to the event, we're going to do everything we can to try to get them in.
0: All right. Definitely, uh, definitely a, a great answer there. And, and as, as you both said, open-ended at this point. So, um, you know, if the demand is there, we have some flexibility and that's great news. Um, and for Dwayne, another hard-hitting question. This might be the number one question we've seen. Uh, but uh, as a as tournament director, you've been there for a dozen years. You've also bowled in the event uh, as a dedicated competitor. And uh, if it wasn't for those guys and, and gals who come out and bowl for 5, 10, 15, 65 years, we talked to Bob Hart about his 65th year coming up. Uh, without that dedication, we wouldn't have been able to make it 117 years. Uh, so the number one question for those dedicated bowlers is about their consecutive streaks. Uh, they've been at this for, for many years um, and very proud of those streaks. And, and if for some reason they just cannot make it in 2020, despite the, the date changes and the flexibility, um, is there something that we can do for them there that will help them stay motivated and, and and even appreciative of, of being consecutive?
2: Yeah, Matt, that's a great question. It has come up quite a bit, but um, uh, we've addressed that with uh, the fact that if, if you were signed up for the tournament, if you were intending to bowl the tournament um, it, at the beginning of this year um, and and you, for some reason, can't make it um, because of COVID concerns, travel concerns, job concerns, whatever it might be, um, we're not going to break anybody's consecutive streak. We understand that this is a truly a unique situation that we're all facing right now throughout the world. and, and um we're not going to break any consecutive streaks. Um, You wouldn't get credit for the year if you don't bowl, but your consecutive streak would still carry through. And, you know, and we look forward to continuing that on and rewarding you in, uh, in 2021, if that happened to be the case.
0: Well, I I think that's amazing. And, uh, and I know the bowlers again are very appreciative and and some very dedicated uh, to the event, but of course, health first, safety first. That's the most important thing. Um, and then there, there's going to be teams that just simply cannot make it. Uh, and that's, that's another one of our, our big questions. What are the options, James, uh, for the teams that just, it's just not going to work that the, the time frame with school and jobs and things, it's not going to happen right now. They're signed up for 2020. Uh, what, what options do they have?
3: Well, the first option they have is to cancel and get a full refund. Um, they can also cancel and enroll to 2021. Uh, they can, those are the two main options for them is to either, uh, cause like you, you were saying, Matt and, and, uh, Dwayne as well, uh, we want everyone to be safe. And so there's, there's no, there's no, no shame here in canceling and staying home. Uh, and if you want to get a refund, we're happy to do that. Um, we're also encouraging you though, if you can roll it over to 21 to get yourself a little more prepared for that year, right? Uh, get the money over there. We'll communicate with you on a little early on where you can get your dates and times and so get you a little bit ahead of the 21 registration. So that's very helpful as well.
0: Now, generally, there's the there's a cancellation fee involved, but uh, that's this year for the, the 2020 situation. That is not something the captains have to worry about. Correct.
3: Correct. No fee. No fee. Just, uh, you know, it it's, goes in hand in hand with what you just asked Dwayne about, which was the consecutive streak. We're not looking to do anything to do any damage or harm to anybody. We're just going to, you know, we want to take care of our members, and, and that's the key.
0: Okay, and now we've talked about the, the different moves that we've had to, to encounter over the last few months. And again, some captains may have already canceled for 2020 or rolled to 21 and now would like to come back for 2020. Uh, we touched on it briefly, but uh, in, in that regard, Dwayne, what is your recommendation? Uh, is it possible to roll that money back from 21 to 20, or, or is there a better recommendation as far as how to handle that?
2: Well, yeah, all options, again, are on the table, so you, we certainly could roll that money back. Uh, in most cases, you know, if you've already got it over there and you're coming in 2021, we'd encourage you to just go ahead and hold on to those spots. Um we'll be happy to book you in. I just did one this morning, booked one of our guys in for five teams um, and uh, just told him, Hey, you know, we'll get the money when we get the money. We're not going to worry about that too. Right. Right off the bat. We'll go ahead and secure your spot because he had the money in there before, you know? So again, looking to say yes in any, any way and form we can. So, uh, and, and certainly everybody doesn't have to do the same thing. I think I alluded to that before, Um, you know, handled one yesterday and, they were rolling three teams to later in 2020. They were rolling three teams to 2021 and they were canceling one. So, you know, again, everything's on the table. We want to say yes. We want to help you, uh, whatever is the path of least resistance and least pain for you, helping you with your schedule and, and, and carrying forward is, is where we want to be.
0: Okay. And then our, uh, our second, I think our second hardest hitting question, uh, because this these events now will take place, Uh, technically in the next bowling season. Uh, One of the big questions on the table was about the the new weight hole rule that was going to take place uh, on August 1st. Some changes there. Uh, And again, um, a lot of questions, a lot of folks not able to get to pro shops uh, in these months here. Um, What is the plan? Either one of you guys can jump in here. Uh, As I imagine, it will be the same at both events. But what is the plan for addressing that particular rule at the, the 2020 tournaments?
2: Well, the rule would be in effect. And uh, again, if, if we're in a position to conduct the tournament in a safe manner, we'll be in a position where we'll have vendors there and shops there. We can certainly help make corrections to equipment, provide new equipment. Um, you know, I think a lot of people were ahead of this curve anyway. Um, uh, to just give an example, in, in the past, we've corrected uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 3000 bowling balls last year, we corrected about 270. So most of the people had already made the the transition, but for those that aren't, um, if we're in a position to safely hold this tournament, we'll be in a position to safely make sure people have the equipment.
0: Right now at the open championships, of course, the scale room, the squad room, uh, the photo booth, all of those things, uh, very important to the tradition of the tournament and part of the experience. Uh, same at the women's with the, the squad room uh, and the award presentations. Uh, Dwayne, we mentioned the weight hole rule. Uh, will there be a scale room in 2020? Will the bowlers go back to the meeting room? Will they get their brackets? Will they stay back there? Will they march out together with the social distancing and, and, and the way we're trying to, to keep everybody safe and separate? Uh, what is the plan for for back there? And then, James, same question to you when uh, when he's done sharing.
2: Yeah, so again, Matt, a lot of that's going to depend on where we are as a nation and and where we are as far as social distancing measures are concerned at that particular time. But we do have some temporary ideas or plans in place, Um, uh, probably mimicking much like what you might have seen at your local Walmart here lately, where maybe you do go back and get your equipment checked, but there's somebody there with a, you know, clicking one in at a time and then one out and you go... You have a few people in the squad room at one time getting their equipment done, then going to do their brackets um, or whatever, and then perhaps leaving and going back out. Um, not really looking to congregate people in a room at this particular juncture, unless, of course, as I said, situations change and and we have a little bit different outlook on it, but... um, You know, we've looked at everything from putting up, um, you know, shields on the squad room or the scale room areas to just taking the people's equipment and doing it themselves. We've purchased a number of materials such as clubs and sanitizing equipment and things like that, so that we'll we'll be very prudent about the process if the process is even carried through.
0: Uh, James, you guys didn't even have a scale room or a squad room in uh, in 2019, just based on the the venue that you were at. is that something that was discussed very much? And did the, the experience? Did, did you get any feedback on that in 2019?
3: Yeah, we did. Uh, the squad room is is really key to celebration. I mean, it's an area that the announcements were done in, the plaques were handed out, the patches. Uh, just so much goes on in the squad room. So much of, of the celebration is there. Uh, so yeah, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna do what we can. Certainly, as Dwayne said, to deliver all of these these highly, you know, these things that the bowlers really, really, really sets a memory for them, really gives them to have a great time. But we're also looking into alternatives, even for check-in or bracket sales, you know, maybe having them in different places, or like you said, not getting in congestion or having having too many people clustering in one area. So we're looking at all kinds of alternatives to run the event, make sure that everybody does stay safe, uh, stay safe, um, and yet j- get to enjoy the, the tournament experience.
0: And now for for you guys, uh, your registration for 2021 has not yet opened up, so the process has been a, a little bit cleaner, I think, for the women's championships at this point, uh, but that's going to change soon. Uh, what is the, the start date or what are the plans, uh, if, if any, at this point, for starting the registration process for 2021, especially as captains ask about rolling their teams over and their money over towards next year? Well,
3: I think with everything going right now, we're trying to remain as fluid as possible. Uh, we haven't set a, a hard date yet for an open on the 2021 registration. We're really looking to service all of the bowlers that are in 2020 uh, the best that we can right now uh, and and then look forward to 2021. The process for 2021 will be very much the same as it has been for each year. Uh, We will take care of our captain's club members. They'll get that pre-registration period. Uh, Then we'll talk to the rollovers. Those folks that have rolled into 2021, we'll get them settled into an event, and then we'll open it to the public. Uh, That's really what we're looking at as far as the timeline. Uh, But when that happens, uh, we haven't come up to it for a date yet on that. But I, I would expect we should hear something soon.
0: Okay, so for captains for bowlers, keep an eye on bull.com. dot uh, com. That's where all the information typically is posted. Uh, all the updates about everything that's going on now, and of course, future events, past events. Uh, it's all there. Bull.com dot com slash women's champ and bull.com dot com slash open champ is uh, is where you get all the details before, after, and during the events.
1: All right, uh, Dwayne, question I've got for you. We've we've talked about the open championships, about the main event, so to speak. Uh, what about what can we expect from Uh, that the team practice sessions, the bowlers journal championships, even the 40 frame game, uh, what are the plans moving forward on those? Are those still going to be available to the bowlers? How are things going to be changed if they are uh, happening with all of the social distancing and the, um, um, the expectations from the, from the public?
2: Yeah, that's a great question, Daniel. So, um, For those of you who may have uh, experienced it before in 2016 or whatever, you know that we sort of had the Bowler's Journal upstairs in a segregated area of the main event floor. Um, But prior to that, we actually held it downstairs in the uh, Kingpin Lounge um, of the stadium. And I think we're going to move back down into the Kingpin Lounge for the Bowler's Journal and Practice, because this will afford us more lanes to spread folks out up on the main event floor and, and keep with the social distancing plans that we have. Um, so uh, Bowler's Journal and Practice will be downstairs. Um, we'll be coming up with a new schedule and announcing that very soon. Basically, just was working on that yesterday. Um And again, we may do something a little different with the Bowler's Journal and social or with the practice and social distancing, because we always don't want to pile 10 guys back on a lane. So we're working around on some innovative ideas for that as well. Um, But that will all be coming out here in the next couple of days. Those those registration portals aren't open right now. They've been shut down for the time being, but there'll be plenty of time to get in and get your your things secured well in advance of of, of coming on out. Um, As for the 40 frame game. Um, as, as you're aware, many times they've been in a, a private bowling center, in, uh, close to the, to the, to the main event, um, venue. And, uh, we're looking at doing the same thing, uh, 40 frame game is, uh, whether that'll be Grand Sierra or somewhere else. Uh, again, we're, we're in some talks and negotiations right now, but, um, they'll probably be just like they were in Syracuse or even just like they were in Las Vegas. They'll be in a, in a sister center somewhere.
0: Okay. All right, gentlemen, we've uh, we've had a chance to, to cover the big questions. And uh, actually, it's uh, it's getting a little warm in here. Uh, just asking asking what people just want to know. Um, but at the same time, I'd like to shift gears. Unless there's uh, something that we, we've missed, something you want to add, uh, some questions you've been getting uh, by phone or email that, that we didn't touch on uh, before we, we shift and, and talk about you guys a little bit and your dedication to the event. Uh, James, anything uh, pressing out there that uh, maybe we didn't get to? Uh,
3: Well, I did want to bring up the membership. That's a question I'm getting often is how long is my membership good for, uh, for the 2019, 2020 season? Uh, Just it's good until the October one for, for your membership. And after October one, you will need to have proof of membership either through a receipt uh, or purchase membership on site. Also, we will be honoring a a 10-day grace period we'll be giving folks. It's similar to a 10-day letter. I don't know how many people know about that, but essentially you've got 10 days to get that proof to us. So we're giving everyone some time because we realize that, you know, the start of the bowling season and all of this is going to kind of pile on very quickly, and we want to give people the ability to uh, to do that and to, to understand that we're, we're, we're not going to not, we're going to do everything we can to make sure you can get out on the lanes <clears throat> involved.
0: Hey, Dwayne, any thoughts, anything coming through your way?
2: I have been getting a few uh, questions on the fact that um, this year's schedule re- um, reverted back to a schedule that we used in uh, El Paso in 2015 where we had two team squads on one day and one team squad on the other day. Um, and we're returning to that schedule. And part of that is uh, about providing social distancing. But part of that was also about making sure we could provide some really attractive squad times and um, and no one would get bad squad times. Uh, so if you look at your date and you go, well, there's no six o'clock team squad on my day. Well, it's probably a day when there's only one team squad. All right. So you, if that's really important to you, you just have to look on the next day, but just want to make sure we've been got a few questions about that. Um, So that's the new format. And that format also gives us the ability to not only extend the tournament at the end if we have uh, demand warrants, but it actually gives us the ability to add an extra team or doubles and singles squad in at, say, 9 o'clock if we get super demand and within the dates that we already have.
0: Okay. Well, again, the the flexibility is there. Uh, So for the bowlers out there. Uh, Plenty of time, and and there's going to be a lot of open dates and times. Once things get going, again, registration will open to the public on Monday. That's April 27th. uh, And then we'll we'll know pretty soon uh, how many teams uh, we're going to expect. And uh, just based on the feedback, what we've seen and what you guys have mentioned, um, it's going to be a good time, as always. Uh, And then, of course, we're going to head out to the host cities and, and see them in a little bit of a different light. In a time of year, we wouldn't normally be there. Uh, and now, Dwayne, you've, uh, you've you've been there for, again, a dozen years. You've been to Reno a few times now. Um, and where I'm known more as the where do I go to eat guy, uh, you are the golf guy. And uh, maybe <laughs> at that point in the year, uh, it won't be golf weather anymore. The bowlers are going to want to know. Uh, but you, you guys both mentioned that you've had a chance to, to talk to bowlers a lot more recently uh, and get to know them on a more personal level and have more one-on-one interactions, whereas normally it's Because you're the tournament directors, it's typically not good news. It's not happy people that you're often talking to. Uh, But in this case, maybe it's been a little bit different. Uh, And Dwayne, so your expertise uh, in that world, um, if people have questions, um, what is Reno going to be like in September and and what's what's golf going to be like?
2: Yeah. So, um, you know, as Daniel was talking about, a lot's happened here in Reno and, and in, in the Midtown area. They are expanding, building a lot. In fact, they're they are way ahead of schedule now because they've been able to work because there's no traffic and not a lot of people out there. So the development of the whole Midtown and downtown area, it's a lot of the renovations has really moved along Um I think that uh, September, October, November is still going to be ideal outdoor weather here. I mean, it's, it's it's still very, very nice here. I mean, for golfing or for rafting the river or for just walking along the river um, or certainly for those who actually ski, probably the snows will start to hit the high country by then. And they'll have that opportunity that they might not have if they were here in the summer. So... Um, you know, I mean, fall's great everywhere, right? I mean, it's one of the most beautiful times of the year, and Reno's no exception. Uh, um, I think it's actually going to afford some unique opportunities and, and some even better weather than, than we see in Reno as a general rule, which is pretty awesome all the time anyway.
1: Uh, looking at Google, Google tells me that in September, the average high in Reno is 82, and the average high in October is 70. Yeah. I mean, come yeah. on. <laughs>
0: All right now, yeah. now Dwayne in, in all the time you spent there uh, any favorite hot spots any favorite restaurants places that that you're glad that you get to spend a little extra time there to enjoy
2: Well actually there's been some real really interesting new ones um a lot of uh, new Korean restaurants have hit the scene here providing uh, some interesting food uh, some really new uh, Chinese restaurants with some Kind of rock star chefs that have come from outside. Um, some of the rock star chefs that were here in town, like Mr. Estes, who had started uh, Campo downtown, has started another restaurant in town. So a lot of really, uh, really cool eateries that are popping up. Um, many that I didn't had a, haven't had a chance to really try yet because of, of the situation. But I've been doing some, definitely been doing some uh, browsing research on them, and can't wait to to, to get in the buildings and and, and give them a shot.
0: Daniel, if, if you're listening, um, and as, a, as an employee now, instead of just a, as a visiting bowler, uh-huh. uh, as much as we enjoy Brew Brothers and the two-for-one pizzas in the afternoon, uh, there's plenty of other things to, to try and enjoy while you're there as well.
1: Oh, I'm, uh, I'm making a mental note of all of these places. I've written down places you've suggested to me through uh, various conversations between you, myself, uh, AA Ron Aaron Smith and Emil. Um, there, there's a laundry list of, of venues I would like to visit once we get to the city before we get into the uh, the Open Championships.
0: All right. Now, James, we found you in Las Vegas in 2009, and that's when you joined us for the first time at the Open Championships. Uh, that was your stomping ground and, uh, and and where you started your your professional career um, and someplace that I'm sure is very familiar to you. Uh, so being able to be there for the Women's Championships and – and now with some shorter days, even having the chance to enjoy things, uh, what are you most looking forward to about South Point, about the Las Vegas area, and, uh, and maybe sharing with some of the bowlers as well?
3: Yeah, you, as you said, Matt, uh, I uh, lived in Las Vegas for about two decades, or the better part of two decades, so it's like a second home for me. Um, most of the months of uh, – june july and august you spend out of the heat not in it so uh we'll also be very fortunate to have some october weather which is not quite as cool as reno but uh, but still pretty pretty darn nice um yeah Dwayne is definitely our foodie uh and and he he's certainly the one to look for for recommendations for food <laughs> i don't don't generally do any of uh Exotic or jumping into too many different food places. Um, I I do enjoy though going back visiting with friends, and I think that's the part that um, hit the hardest this last week. If I could just segue into that a little bit for for a little uh, for a second here is uh, this last weekend was opening weekend, and so it just it was it was a bit of a downer for me to not be able to, to see all the folks that I get to see once a year on opening weekend and, uh, and missing the travelers and our, our tournament staff. And so this was a pretty tough week for me to get through. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm really, really, really looking forward to seeing all those folks. And I've had the benefit at least of, of with all the movement uh, to talk to a lot of the bowlers that I, that I may be missing uh from this year and so but that was a pretty tough week for me so i'm I'm looking forward to getting out there getting back and getting to see all the people that that i like to to get to see
0: now Dwayne james actually made a a very good point there this being their opening week uh and for us again we were days away uh, from hearing the national anthem for the first time seeing Joe bowler throw out the first ball uh and Uh, we're all at these events because of what they mean to us. We've had the experiences as bowlers. Uh, We've wanted to become part of the experience for the other competitors. Uh, The day that you had to deliver the news to us, already in Reno, the staff was training. We were ready to go uh, with some bowlers even coming to check in early that week. Uh, Clearly, you were were very emotional about the news that you had to share, uh, showing everybody what this event, what this sport, what the bowlers mean to you. Uh, and then again, opening day, just days away, um, talk about your emotions at that point and, uh, realizing again, that there's bowlers that you see the same time, the same days, every year, there's opening day bowlers who are, uh, it's just part of their personal traditions. Uh, and now we've had almost a month of not seeing bowlers uh, that we normally would have seen and, and just experiencing. This is something totally new for us this time of year for the last decade.
2: Yeah, Matt, well, it's, it's, it's family. It's family with the staff. It's family with the bowlers. Um, you know, you, you get to learn their stories. You get to learn their children. A lot of them bowl with their children. Um, and it's, um, and, and our traveler staff in particular, which is our core that comes every year is, it's, is uh, definitely family <laughs> right down to the core of, of all of the, um, you know, things you have with your own family of spats and love and cry and joy and everything else. So um, yeah, a lot of them had made the move and, and we all make it for our passion for the tournament. I mean, there's nobody buying a yacht uh, after we're done here, you know? So um, it's all about servicing the bowlers, servicing the event, being part of such a special and long running event. So um, you know, I mean, James was one of the first people I hired in 2008, 2009. And, and a lot of the travelers have stayed loyal to, uh, to us and to me for uh, a long time.
0: Uh, what is it about the event that made you want to go from competitor to uh, employee and tournament director? And, and you've had the opportunity to, to see a lot of evolution at the tournament as well. You were there for the first year of the new scoreboards. Uh, we've changed to fresh oil for every squad. You've been a, a big part of a lot of big changes as well, uh, but the traditions uh, are still tried and true for 117 years.
2: Well, I just remember when I went to my first event in 1983 in Niagara. Uh, I just walked into the building and it was like you know your hair stand up, and it was just a it was just a chill experience and. Um, that still happens, you know, 35 trips later or whatever. Um, so, um, and certainly the Reno and the NBS and the Taj Mahal of 10 pins, it's, uh, and and now it's even, it's even cooler. I mean, the bowlers are just going to be amazed when they see the transit transformation of what's going on in there. So it's just like, there's something every single year that just, um, it gives you that chill, it tugs at your heartstrings and, uh. Sorry
0: to get away from. Right. Now, James, you bowled at the Open Championship. You worked at the OC. You're part of the biggest venue, the longest tournament in history. Uh, and then you transitioned to the Women's Championships, which, again, is similar in many regards, but also different at the same time. Uh, different audience, different demographic. just a lot of things that are, are different. And, and you also have been a part of some changes and maintaining some traditions at that event as well. Um, talk about the transition from one to the other and, and kind of what you like, uh, maybe about each first, what attracted you to the OC and, uh, and what you hope to impart to all the new participants at the women's championships.
3: Well, in 2009, when I started working at the, uh, open championships, it was just, I think it was a matter of some great timing. Um, I had been in the casino industry for, like I say, nearly part of two or the most part of two decades. And I was looking for a change. Um, nothing against the the work that is being done there and in, in those casinos. And but I, I went to the open, uh, started working there, and I just I felt like it was such a good match for me. Uh, it, it combined uh, the the service that I had, uh, the management background that I had, and just all of what was going on. I mean, it just really stunned me. It just. Uh, it really does. And like Dwayne said, putting you know your hair standing up, it just really did. And I think the thing that just two things happened that I would say at the open that just kind of hooked me it was the first fifty year presentation that I saw. Um, it was just amazing. Um, and I then after that, yeah, and then after that it was um, I, I said this to one of the executives at at, at USBC, and I, I said, I don't think I can ever recall spending 10, 12, 14 hours at work working and have it feel like I wasn't working. And that's exactly what it felt like working at the Open. I just, I enjoyed myself so much. And what we did was so fulfilling that it didn't seem like a job at all. I was just getting paid. That was the the bonus, I guess.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, Daniel, I'm going to ask you the same question. Uh, You're the new guy. You've got one year in. Um, other than the fact that you get to work with uh, probably the coolest bunch of guys in the industry uh, in, in our department, uh, you know, you're following the path that your, your former college roommate, Emil Williams Jr., took uh, uh-huh. as far as the Open Championships and then coming on full-time at USBC. Um, but there's a reason. It wasn't just because you're a nice guy and you just wanted to, to help out when we needed you. Uh, there was probably something about the event, about the sport, about your appreciation for the history of it that made you want to reach out and join us. And, and luckily uh, you're available and, and here you are.
1: Yeah. Well, when you originally asked me to come work, the open championships last uh, February, I was kind of in the middle of a career change and had just got my foot in the door somewhere. So it wasn't too late to, to pull out of that opportunity. And I knew that with the right people around me at the USBC guys like you and Aaron and Emil, um, I had yet to meet uh, Dwayne or James or, or anyone really that I met when I was uh, out in Las Vegas, but knowing you guys were around me, you would steer me in the right direction. And I would have an opportunity to show the people in Arlington what I'm capable of both, you know, whether it was bowl TV, the media relations part, the PR part, you know, whatever it may be. And, you know, it all worked out. Um, Both those guys said it, and I will agree with them. The OC traveler group and the employees at the event are like a family. Uh, You spend so much time with one another, whether you're rooming together or you're under the same roof at the venue for, like James said, 12, 14 hours. And one of the biggest things about this job is that I watched my father run a pro shop my entire childhood and growing up until the bowling center that we were in closed down back in 2014. So for 28 years, I watched my dad run his own business and go to a job that he loved. And I don't know that he ever said these words to me, but I, I, I took the old adage of if you love what you do, You won't work a day in your life. And I imparted that on my father. That's what he did. And I grew up wanting to be that person. I wanted to go to a job where I never felt like I was working. And similar to what James said, the 12-hour shifts at the South Point Bowling Plaza or the 18-hour days at the U.S. Open, or even when I'm on-site on campus and the nine hours I spend on campus in a cubicle, the things that we do, the people we're around, the sport that we love, we never feel like we're working. And I wouldn't trade this opportunity for the world.
0: Now everybody has their their one moment where it clicked. Uh, James mentioned uh, his first fifty year presentation. Uh, for you, there were some pretty exciting moments in 2019. Uh, is there any particular moment that stands out or a person that made you realize what this is all about, and that you in fact made the right choice, and uh, that you're looking forward to year number two?
1: Uh, yeah, the moment where it really hit me. I mean, I, I knew the history of the event. I learned more about the history as I was there working alongside or across from you in our office. But the moment that it hit me is when um, Derek Magno was there at the end of the event, and he and his teammates had taken the team all events lead, I believe it was back in March or early April. They want to remind, uh, re- refresh me on that. But they had to wait quite a long time for that number to be official. And he was in Las Vegas on business on the final day of the event. So when it was unofficially official and the last ball had been thrown, he just kind of – Broke down and was, and was you know teared up and was crying out of the joy and the happiness of winning an eagle and winning team all events, um, and and to talk to him afterwards and watch you talk to him to listen to his conversations with his teammates and his interactions with the people there on site, that's when the uh, just the importance of this event and and how much these guys cherish these eagles and these wins, how much it means to them. That's when it really hit me. That was my aha moment. Was watching Derek celebrate. Uh, the moment
0: that he knew that team all events Eagle was, was his. Uh, Dwayne, you you are the guy that gets to talk to the, the upset bowlers and answer the hard questions and uh, get the phone calls and the emails that none of us could answer. Uh, But you're also the one that gets to go out there and make those presentations and give the hundred thousandth pin and make those phone calls at the end of the event. Uh, Can you describe what that means? And perhaps you have, one or two that stand out from over the years that uh, that just really changed things for you.
2: Well, um, my first one was uh, in in Vegas, and it, and it was obviously very special to um, walk Mister um, Malone out. It was actually my first one, I believe. And um, at that particular time, um, I was fifty years old, and he was getting his fifty year. You know, a plaque. So it was. Uh, it was just an astonishing thing to be having a person bowl the tournament as many years as I've been on the face of the earth, and uh, I didn't make it through it very well. Uh, I, I I cried, and he didn't. Uh, so I don't know. What <laughs> right. But um, uh, in any event, I've been really fortunate to have so many. I mean, I had Sylvester Thiel's, um seventy first. I was a part of Lillard's all-time pinfall. Um, You know, there's some really cool ones that you remember, like last year with uh, Mike Schmidt getting 100,000 and then all the people that are there in the stands that have come to support him. And they're all got these Mike Schmidt masks with different pictures of his (laughs) facial expressions. And it was just it was just you could see not only how much it meant to Mike, but how much it meant to all of his friends and bowlers. It It was cool. Really cool.
0: Uh, James, I've very, had a chance to, to work some time at the women's championships as well and, and see some of the, the highlights there during some key times in the tournament. Um, but to anything stand out, you've had a chance to to work both uh, for a good number of years. But any special life-changing almost moments for you?
3: Wow, that's a loaded question. Um, yeah, I mean, certainly a lot of, uh, of life-changing ch- moments. I think several of them, but um, – Every time you do a presentation, particularly for those those guys and gals that have made it fifty or fifty five years or more, um, like Dwayne said, it's we get more emotional sometimes than I think that that they do, and it's just that loyalty and that commitment to the sport that just has you, you know, you're just you're amazed by it, and um, and so and and I always think about that as that's what I need to do. And what my staff needs to do is we need to give that commitment and loyalty back to those bowlers. Um, Certainly those, uh, certainly one of our highlights every year is the Zodiac uh, ladies that come and visit us from uh, Louisiana, uh, spreading their cheer. Um, That's always something the first time that happened to me when I got the kiss on the forehead, like you and I were talking about, uh, I, I was sending, Matt was wanting to look at some pictures and I said, hey, here's a good one of Linda and I on uh, I think it was her 50 or 51 years or something. And he said, well, there's lipstick on your forehead. <laughs> and so that was uh, that's always a, a fun time to see those gals come in because they really do uh, light the place up. But it seems like every every week or every day something happens that's just, you know, isn't like the day before. So and that's just it's a it's a it's a impactful uh time and even though we may be only bowling a month september october i'm sure we're going to have our share of some pretty interesting and memorable moments this year
0: all right well we are planning on 2020 happening we will be there uh duane september 12th is the day for you at the open championships what are you most looking forward to about that day
2: Well, I think it'll just be a, it'll be a, it'll be a huge relief to know that, um, the bowlers have allowed us to pull this off really and supported us in pulling this off. Um, and I think it'll make a, make a huge statement as to just how important, um, the tournament is to bowling bowling is to the tournament and, and, uh, and just a, uh, setting a good future for the event that regardless of what we're confronted with, uh, we're going to we're going to do our best to, to make it work.
0: And James, September 19th is the day for you at the Women's Championships. Uh, same question. What are you most looking forward to uh, putting all this behind us and, and getting underway in Las Vegas?
3: Getting in my steps. No, I'm kidding. Um, I just, I, I have to echo what Dwayne said. I mean, getting back with the travelers, our extended family, that's number, that's one of the, the, the key, the, the highlights. Uh, getting back with the bowlers, having those conversations every day, it's just a learning experience every day. It's just, there's so much to soak in. And I, and I just enjoy that environment so much more than, say, sitting in an office. Um, you know, I know we're doing, we're doing a lot of good work right now. Um, but nothing beats being out there with the pulse, the bowling, the scores, hearing those pins fall. It's almost like this, this, you know, you need a lot of people use a white noise to sleep. Well, hearing those pins fall in the background, make me work better. Right. I just, I just need to hear that. And so if I can start hearing that, um, I'm going to be in a better place.
0: All right, Daniel, final guy, uh, September yep. 12th opening day. What, uh, what are you most looking forward to? And, in- um, you know, doing different or better than 2019?
1: Well, I mean, I could say the cliche things. I'm looking forward to getting to Reno or the stadium or the, you know, the food and the the nightlife and the, the bowling. But, Matt, I miss you. I miss looking across from my desk every day and seeing your smiling face, your wit, your sense of humor. And I can't wait to be in the same workspace as you.
0: Well, I, I appreciate that but six feet wow. apart and uh, I make sure I to, we'll, we'll <laughs> rearrange some furniture when we get there but uh, that's a, that's a good answer sir. Much appreciated. Uh, you got it. What wow, about you What, what are you it.
1: most looking forward to?
0: Um, really I just I, I love Reno. I love the bowlers uh, the people that's the most important thing the ones um, every person I think every bowler that we're gonna have or already have had on our podcast. Uh, there's a personal story there. There's some connection over the last 16 years. Uh, something special. Some some impact that they had on on me and my life and my career. Uh, we were able to tell a lot of stories and a lot of things beyond the scoreboard. Uh, so seeing those folks again, uh, and then meeting the new ones and telling those stories, uh, I think is the uh, is the biggest thing. Outside of course, the the usual all you can eat sushi and uh, maybe a martini here and there as well.
1: Well, good. Well, I'm looking forward to it, guys. All right.
0: All right, gentlemen, uh, before we say goodbye, uh, James, any final thoughts uh, for the the competitors there at the women's championships? Anybody curious, anybody wanting to sign up, maybe come out for the first time.
3: Yeah, that's what I would say is, uh, you know, come out and bowl with us, Uh, get registered, re-register, move your teams, come out. Uh, We want to make sure everybody gets the opportunity to bowl. And uh, Dwayne alluded to it earlier, We're going to, we're not going to be, we're not going to say no. We're going to try to get you here and then you can enjoy the experience of the women's championships.
0: All right, Dwayne, any final thoughts from Reno?
2: I just want to echo again that, that just how, how supportive uh, people have been uh, all the team captains, all the bowlers. uh, They basically are like feeling sorry for what we're going through. And I'm like, Hey, this is nothing, you know, we're feeling sorry for what you guys are having to go through with, you know, having your arrangements moved and stuff, but uh, it's, it's, uh, they've been uh, been very supportive and very understanding. And it's just, again, it's just a Testament to the group of, of our, our, our clientele and and our staff that that are around the event.
0: All right. well, gentlemen, we, uh, we absolutely appreciate all of your hard work and to the staff as well making all the moves and changes, rollovers, refunds, uh, new signups uh, it, It's certainly been interesting, but uh, much appreciated. Uh, and for all the bowlers out there, once again, registration for the Open and Women's Championships, open to the public on April 27th. That's Monday. Get in there. Get registered for the new dates for 2020. And uh, 2021 registration for the Open also available. Ladies will be coming along shortly. I think that's going to do it. Here for today's Inside the OC, we've covered some great questions. If you want to learn more, again, visit bowl.com, check out the FAQs. Uh, And if you have any specific questions, always feel free to reach out to us. And uh, that's going to do it, folks. That's news for now. We'll see you on the links.